0: Well, the human body is it's absolutely fascinating think about this for a moment a small child can't identify the organs inside their body and yet all those organs are functioning to keep them alive and keep them growing without their knowledge without their permission without their help it's amazing the body and then as we since we begin to grow and we maybe you take anatomy physiology or whatever and you learn about the organs inside your body you still don't often know what's going on. And so we go to the doctor. We need an expert to explain to us what's happening in our body. And then sometimes, sometimes they don't know without running further tests and getting more, more data. The, the body's just, it's just really complex, isn't it? And we don't even know sometimes how the body's going to respond to things. I remember I had, uh, I got some, uh, a great blessing from my mom. It's called a varicose veins. I don't know if some of y'all may have that blessing. I don't know, but I got pretty severe. And so anyway, I've had multiple vein surgeries, but I I went to the doctor in Atlanta and I had this surgery on one leg and I got great results and I was so excited. And so I got uh, the other leg done by the same surgeon the exact same way and I got terrible results. And I said, like, what happened? Doc says, this can't ever predict how the body's going to respond. Body's pretty complex and amazing, isn't it? It really is. There's so much that we just don't know and don't even understand about the body, even even sometimes later in life. Well, if that's true about the body, how much more so do you think that's true about our soul, which we can't see? If we need somebody who's opened up a body and studied all the organs to tell us what we have inside of us, how much more so do we, do you think maybe the creator could tell us about the condition of of our soul and so the passage that we're looking at today in ephesians chapter 2 it talks about the condition of our soul before god intervenes in our life and it says that we were we were dead in fact in multiple places in the bible it speaks about us being spiritually dead you say well i, well, I don't uh, I, I never felt spiritually dead I, I was i was always alive there's a lot of people today that are eat up with cancer and they don't feel like they have cancer they're not seeing any symptoms yet so they they don't even know for sure what the condition of their body is how much more so the condition of our soul and so if we were to listen to what god would tell us about our soul he tells us that we were once dead in trespasses and in sin but the good news is we can be made alive in Christ. Isn't that exciting? We can be made alive in Christ. So that's the subject of our sermon today. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 1. Would you just join me in standing together out of honor and reverence for God's word as we read this? Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And you were dead in kindness toward us in christ jesus for by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them let's pray together father i pray today for those of us who have been made alive help us to understand how and why may we be encouraged to walk in the good works for which you created us and for which you made us alive and father if there's anybody here that's never been forgiven of their sin that's never been brought from death to life i pray before they leave this building they'll call upon you in prayer And be saved for it's in your son's name that we pray amen you may be seated well the Bible teaches us several things here about our spiritual condition and about being made alive and one of the first things that we see is that we needed to be made alive because we were dead and this really is a crucial point because a lot of people in our culture today simply don't understand it or don't believe it The reason that so many people don't attend church don't read the Bible is because they don't think that they need to they don't have any need in their life the reason that many people never ask for forgiveness of sins or try to repent of their sins is because they don't think that they that they have any sin and so there are many people today that think that they just don't have any need But the Bible begins here by talking to us about our need. We needed to be made alive because we were were dead. The Bible says as dead people, we lived according to this world and its leader. So it says in verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Now, whenever we read something in the Bible, uh, personally, uh, I've come to the point of just total faith in God and his word. So whatever the Bible says, I believe it, but that doesn't mean that I understand it, right? So when we come to the passage like this and it says we were dead, I believe that because the Lord said it. But what does it mean? What is he he telling us? What does it mean to be dead? He's obviously not talking about physical death for all of us came to this world very much physically alive and will remain that way until our soul departs from our body. And so we're we're physically alive, but yet it says we were dead. And so the Bible says that we were dead in the trespasses and sins. Now, the Bible uses many different words to describe different aspects of, of sin. And these are two of them here, trespasses and sins. And it says, in which you once walked, once walked. Walking in the Bible is used the same way metaphorically as it is today so uh, somebody can talk the talk but can they walk the walk we're talking about lifestyle and actually how you live and so the bible says that that we once walked in these things and it says that we were following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience here's what the Bible tells us about the world in which we live first there's more than we can see you and I can see matter but there's more here that we can see there are spirits in the world God is spirit angels are spirits angels that rebelled against God that we now refer to as demons or spirits There's more to this world than what we can see. Second, there's a war going on that you and I cannot often see. The Bible tells us that Satan rebelled against God. Satan, who was an angel created to serve God, rebelled against him. A third of the angels went with him. And today, the Bible describes all throughout from beginning to end this war between Satan and God. So when we look at the world today, we, we certainly we understand science. Science is, is really a, an observation of God's created order. So we under, we understand science. I'm not talking about being superstitious and uh, trying to uh, uh, apply some kind of false explanation for for why certain processes happen in the world. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being superstitious. We're talking about that God created this world and Satan who rebelled against him is now actively at work to corrupt this world and by corrupting this world to corrupt us. You may have never experienced this before, but if you ever gain an enemy, you may find that instead of coming after you, they'll come after an easier target they'll come after your children had a dear pastor friend in pastoring way down south close to new orleans and he was had some conflict with some church members and I, i know that's that seems odd that could happen but it did he had some conflict with some church members and so his daughter comes home from school and she has she has wet herself and she's older older she's way past the age that this should ever be an issue and he sets her down and he says he says what he says what in the world happened she says dad she she names the lady from their church she says she she subbed in class today and she says I asked repeatedly to go to the bathroom she says for the entire school day she would not let me go to the bathroom cruel but it's the reality the world we live in and you see what I want you to understand is that Satan can't do anything to God directly he's gonna come after all of us he'll do everything to keep you from being made alive and once you've been made alive he'll do everything he can to destroy your witness and to rob your joy that's why Jesus said the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy but here's the good news jesus said but i have come that you may have life and have it to the fullness and so the bible says in verses one and two that 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 even though we didn't understand it that there was a lot more going on in our life before christ than 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 we were just doing our own thing like the the child that has all these biological processes going on that's keeping them alive and keeping them healthy and keeping them growing even though they don't understand it spiritually before christ all these things were going on we were in the midst of a cosmic battle and we were being influenced even though we didn't realize it by the very one who is at war with god and as dead people the second thing it shows us in verse three is that we lived according to the passions of our flesh it says in verse 3: Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. So, when you think about the world, there's, there's, there's two great things against us: there's pressure from without, and pressure from within so the world in which we live there's a cosmic battle going on in which satan is trying to corrupt everyone that he can and keep them from god but then the bible also teaches us is that whenever we sinned against god we took on a sinful nature and so that we we desire to sin we love sin everybody loves sin if you say pastor i've never enjoyed sin a moment in my life you're a liar we all have a sinful nature we we like to sin we, we don't sin because it's hard and miserable. We sin because we enjoy it. It, it, it is in our nature. And coming to know Christ and to be transformed in His image is a process of putting that to death. So that when those desires of the flesh, which is not referring to the literal flesh on our body, but in the New Testament is metaphorically talking about our sinful nature, So that coming to know Christ and to be transformed in his image, it involves when these desires come up, these ungodly desires, that we suppress them and instead we choose Christ. But before being made alive, we didn't have any reason to suppress them. And so we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. And that manifests itself in different ways among different people and for some it's it's very obvious and others it's much more subtle but it's always present until god gives us the spirit and begins to transform us into the image of christ and it says here that as dead people we were we were under the wrath of god it says and we were by nature by by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind we struggle with wrath today. We we truly do, We're trying to comprehend it and understand it. But if I could give you an analogy that I think might make just just a little bit of sense, if you've ever if you've ever heard a report in the community of a small child being Brutally and physically abused. Maybe you read about it in the newspaper. Maybe you saw it on social media. Maybe you heard about it at work. And there's something within you that just longs to see some justice. It it breaks your heart to see that innocent child that hasn't done anything to deserve this is being abused in this way. Maybe you hear that the, the parent or the caregiver who committed this crime is arrested. And there's, there's just a little little sense of hope there. And you think, I hope they get what they deserve. That, that sense of wanting to see justice is just a small taste of God's wrath toward sin in the world. And the Bible says that before being made alive in Christ, we were all by nature children of wrath. We were all by nature. So what do you mean by nature? By our sinful nature, we were driven to sin i know you think pastor i was i was eight years old and i was saved, you know the worst thing i ever did was i broke another kid's crayon i really didn't do anything i didn't really commit any sins i don't really this doesn't really apply to me that's for other people who are really bad and maybe they got saved later in their life now here's here's the problem see we make the false comparison of comparing ourselves to other people the reason that we don't recognize our sin is because we live In the midst of sinners but one day when we stand before a holy god the contrast is going to be so shocking that we'll understand and so the bible says here that that we needed to be made alive because we were dead but notice in verses 4 through 7 it was it was god who made us alive god's love for us made him rich in mercy and full of grace so look at what it says about this in verses four and five says but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved the bible says here that god is rich in mercy rich in mercy that means he has a lot of it and the bible here speaks about mercy and grace mercy is when god withholds the punishment that we deserve and grace is when god gives us gifts that we haven't earned the two go hand in hand together And you say why is god like this it's because he because he loves us it says because of the great love with which he Loved us. There are extents to love. And The Bible says here that God loved us with a great love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. It doesn't just say that he loved the world. It says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible is emphasizing the extent of God's love. God so loved the world. This is the extent to which God loved the world. He sent his own son to die. The Bible tells us in this passage, it's because of God's great love with which he has loved us, that he is rich in mercy and full of grace. And the Bible says in verse 5, even when we were dead in our trespasses, so when we think about how's a person made alive, well, it's not. It's not because they clean themselves up and make themselves attractable to God. No, the Bible says that it was even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved. More about that in a moment. But I want you to notice this. It says in verse 6, And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the encouraging news. We can't secure a place in heaven. We, We can't. There are a lot of people that are trying, but you can't do it. We cannot secure a place in heaven, but God has secured it for us. It says here that he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I don't even know that we can comprehend what God has done for us on this side of heaven. It says in verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says here that it was it was God who made us alive. It describes us being dead in trespasses and sin. But then in that verse that we looked at in verse 4 it says, "But God." The word "but" is a word of contrast. And in the Bible it's almost always signaling that what comes after is in contrast to what came before. And the Bible describes our condition, and then after describing our condition, then it says, "But" God. You see, we were spiritually dead, but God has always been spiritually alive. We were following the prince of the power of this world. God has never followed him. God created him for good purposes, and he rebelled against God. The Bible says that we were living according to the passions of our flesh. God doesn't have any flesh. He lives according to his righteous nature and character. Everything about God is in contrast to who we once were. It says, but God. But because of his love for us, his great love for us, the Bible says, he made us alive in Christ. So it's it's God who makes us alive. But I want you to notice this very important thing. It's God who makes us alive, but it's, it's only God who makes us alive. Only God. The Bible says in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So, how's a person saved? That's a Bible word, by the way. We didn't make that word up, it's become very unpopular lately people don't like the word saved because it implies that they need to be saved which is of course exactly what the Bible says is that we all need to be saved but how is a person saved the Bible says here is through it's through faith it's through faith you know this really goes against most everything that comes natural to us the sinful nature manifests itself often in terms of pride and arrogance so that means even if we were to recognize that we have a problem we're going to be the ones to figure out how to fix it and most people today if you ask them just a few questions and you say do you believe there's a heaven yes i believe there's a heaven do you think you're going there yes i do why do you think you'll go there well i i think i've been a pretty good person i've not been a perfect person but nobody is I've done a few bad things, but not not as bad as some of the people that I know to go to church. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty good person, and I've done some bad things, but I'm I'm I've, I've really I've really changed, and I'm doing some really good things to make up for the bad things that I've done. And that's that's the theology, by the way, of most of the world. If you look at the religions of the world they're all works based you have to do something in order to earn your way into heaven but the Bible teaches that we don't have to do anything to earn our way into heaven we can't earn any way into heaven we're saved through faith not 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 by works by faith we believe God God says I want to forgive you I want to pay for your sin through my son's sacrifice i want to offer you forgiveness and we have to make a choice whether we believe him or not so it's by faith when we put our faith and trust in him and it says this is not your own doing it is the gift of god so salvation is a gift you cannot earn it you you cannot there's nothing you can do to earn salvation no one will go to heaven because of works they have done everyone who enters will enter by faith it's a gift it's a gift so it says for by grace have you been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast in the bible verse 10 helps us to have a right and a biblical understanding of works here's what it says for we are his workmanship You pick up on that we're his work he's done the work we're his workmanship and we were created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared that we should walk in them so if we say so we don't earn salvation it's a gift God is full of mercy and God is full of grace so we can do whatever we want to do that's that's wrong God created us for good works we're not saved by doing good works but we're saved so that we can go on to do good works we work not to be saved but because we we are saved I encourage you to take very seriously what the Bible says about our spiritual condition. It says that we were dead and, and writing to believers it says but we were made alive every person needs to be made alive spiritually every person has sinned against God and by nature is a child of wrath but God being rich in mercy god being full of grace because of the great love with which he has loved us has made a way for us to be made alive and he offers it as a gift you and i just simply have to decide whether we'll receive it or not let's pray together father we thank you for your son and all that he has done to secure our salvation Lord, I pray today if there's anybody that's struggling to believe what your word says, I pray that you give them faith. Lord, having been saved and made alive, may we live for you. May we bring honor and glory to you as we do good works in your name. For it's in your son's name that we pray, amen maybe you're here today and you've never understood this before and say pastor I just I was born saved I've always been saved I've always been a Christian Uh, no that's just not what the Bible says that's not what the Bible says at all the Bible says that every single one of us have sinned against God the Bible says that by nature we're children of wrath but the Bible also says that God loves us beyond our understanding he loves us to the extent that he sent his son To pay for our sins so that we might be forgiven and because he loves us he offers this as a free gift and all we have to do is receive it so today if you've never received this gift and you want to all you have to do is talk to God just in your own words just say to the Lord tell him you believe you understand that you've sinned, and you want to be forgiven you want to receive the gift that he's offering you of eternal life today if you were to pray that prayer And you don't need to say those exact words it's not about the words it's about the intention of your heart if you're just in sincerity to speak to god about these things today you could be saved and you could have the hope that one day when you die you're going to go to heaven not because you've earned it not because you deserve it but because you've received it as a free gift that god has offered if you're here today and you've already been made alive god has created us for good works the bible says that we are his workmanship created for good works, so that we might walk in them so i want to ask you today what good works are you doing to glorify god for he created us for this purpose to serve as we sing this song it's a time to reflect and it's a time to respond so today if you need help making any type of decision If you'll just step out of your seat and come, I'll be standing right here at the front. I'll be glad to pray with you, answer your questions. I'll help you any way that I can to call on the Lord. But now as we sing, let us respond to him. Let's stand together.